the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Pete. Hiya, Pete. You want to make your next right there, Matt. Oh, thanks. Wait, it's you again, Pete. Hello, Pete. Tonight's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 209, Ye Who Enter Here, brought to you by fried plantains covered in fried crab Mm, delicious uh after you save the world make sure you stop by for some of those tasty pistones (laughs) yum and pete before we dive into the platter of tonight's episode a quick note uh as many of you know the uh, agent carter premiere has now been uh been uh, chalked up to a two-hour premiere episodes 101 and 102 supersized supersized indeed that is the first uh the first tuesday in january that's january 6th at least here in the u.s um and uh, that'll be from 8 to 10 p.m i think that's good overall pete in terms of buzz in terms of you know getting some great episodes out there in front of everybody just want to throw out a possible theory here Maybe it's also a result of some sort of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. timing. You know, if they need to get the pre-Avengers storyline lined up properly for the show, I just thought that maybe, you know, this was like, oh, man, we have six episodes before we have to get there, and Agent Carter only gives us five. So just throwing a theory out there, although I think uh, the idea that it just stands on its own um, in terms of just, you know, hey, two hours to kick the show off is a welcome one, Pete. Two things. I like the idea of a of a mini movie to start off this eight episode event. They're being increasingly careful not to call it a series, and I think, you know, we need to acknowledge that and and really kind of understand that going in. And then the other, um, yes, the pre Avengers storylines. Remember the connections too. Okay, uh, we know that Haley Atwell shows up in Avengers: Age of Ultron. We know that. Uh, there might be uh, either actual flashbacks or some hallucination type of stuff going on. And uh, it was just announced yesterday there will be reshoots on Avengers Age of Ultron in January. So everything would seem to be coming together for the spring right about now. Indeed, and speaking of Agent Carter and the Agent Carter podcast by Fantastic Geek, uh, in two weeks' time, on December 16th, uh, we will be dropping a podcast episode uh, where we we will be talking about the Agent Carter one-shot as we uh, look ahead to that series launching. But Pete, enough about that series. That's January. That's next calendar year. Let's talk about tonight's S.H.I.E.L.D. All right, time to catch you up on what went down. Our teaser sequence, a rather unsettling uh, dream. Uh, Sky, who interestingly enough was also a girl in a flower dress, is walking down a hallway. Uh, she's calling for Colson. She hears a sound. Colson appears um, in a room with a white table. There is a box. So weird, right? He says. Uh, then there's a baby, um, May, then dressed in civilian clothing, which is always unsettling, uh, appears. And she says, sacrifices have to be made. Poison tree 
poison fruit. The baby is ultimately left. Sky picks up the box and suffers the diviner effect before waking up on the bus. It certainly was a trippy open. I personally, as a side note, I don't like the the visual presentation of that kind of jittery frame dropping thing that many shows do to show that, you know, things are not real now. Um, as you say, it's just, you know, it's bizarre to see Philinda, what the cool kids call them, uh, kind of so, uh, you know, so domestic and kind of particularly May just uh, dressed down so casually. Um, wasn't quite sure what to take with the uh, the fact that the baby was nicknamed Angel Eyes, uh, other than perhaps it was a you know, good, the bad, and the ugly reference, although I doubt that. Or the um, Blue Angels, Matt. Uh, the that's blue, probably a better one. Blue Angel Eyes. I mean, listen, I like my Paulson, um, you know, in, in their shield gear. Um, but it's nice to get another look and I appreciated the sequence for what it was. It was tipping the, uh, the reality and the foreshadowing of what's to come. And with that, Pete, we are, uh, we're hitting the title card and we're off to the races. Yeah. Um, so Matt, what do you want for Christmas? Because, Personally, I want my remote control Lola with uh, Colson. So make that happen. I know that uh, Fitz uh, is curious how Mac is going to get it to fly. But yeah, I want one. Well, given how ubiquitous the cloaking technology is now for S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm sure that some uh, repulsor flying technology, easy peasy. I'm sure that Mac will just be able to whip it. Oh, <laughs> right. More, yeah. on, more on that in a bit. Yes, yes. Um, after uh, that brief encounter, we have uh, Trip and Simmons. Trip, who is uh, mending nicely from having been shot and then uh, worked on by Kyle McLaughlin's uh, The Doctor uh, in the previous episode. Um, and he's going off about Sky's dad, and then Sky shows up, which I thought was a, a nice comedic uh, bit there. There were a couple of curious things in these two scenes the Mac Fitz scene, um, and, and then the Trip Simmons scene. Particularly, there's a ton, maybe a ton is a bit much, but there is recap going on, um, which I understand is necessary for the network TV milieu. For the fact that we've been off two weeks, I don't know how how aware the production was when they were making this episode on the heels of you know of the previous episode. I never like it when it's like, "Hey, glad to see you're okay, Trip, from when you were shot last time, and everything's okay. You're on." The- <laughs> I, I don't like it because I'm smart enough to remember. You're smart enough, Pete. You listeners out there are smart enough to remember. But I get why they have to do it because it is, you know, quote unquote, network TV. And frankly, the people at networks don't think that any of us are that smart. They just want us to sit there and be like, oh, now a commercial for dog food. You know, I don't know why they have to do that, though. It's there. There. I'm done ranting. It's the necessary exposition. Uh, We get it. You know, they have to constantly pull new people in. And uh, sometimes it's done more elegantly than others. This was not their most elegant moment. But we have to have it in order to pick up the story. 
it's not like they then followed it with another scene where they did that right with that pete am i correct in saying colson debriefs everyone on what's happened in the past and what they're going to be getting ready to do in a minute Yes, essentially, we repeat the scene from the end of the episode uh, where he revealed the uh, the city they were looking for um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Sky has this bad feeling, and we know they're headed to Old San Juan, where this temple apparently resides beneath it, and they're going to blow the hell out of it. Side note the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. solved the Bermuda Triangle back in the 80s. And by the way, I'm sure glad that the orphan character with undetermined special powers has a bad feeling about this. Yeah, definitely. Um, We crisscross the globe quite a bit um, in this episode. Uh, Vancouver, British Columbia uh, shows us where uh, Raina has taken up hiding. Uh, she, of course, orders a chia water with uh, some uh, chia water daddy that she's uh, hanging out with. And um, she wants to go to Shanghai next. But then uh, she notices, um, at least from what uh, from the side there, looks like Agent May, but it's actually Agent 33. Matt, credit where credit is due, you floated the possibility we were going to see her again. She looked pretty dead last time, but apparently not dead enough. I love that reveal, albeit a quick one, that the scarred Agent May, which, by the way, was, you know, that was tipped by Ming-Na on, uh, on Instagram uh, earlier today. You know, why do I look this way? Um, love was it. also spoiled in the preview two weeks ago as well <laughs> eh, not for me and not yes. for not for matt's army out there that keeps keeps as spoiler free as possible um we have you know spoiler free dances a spoiler free ring uh anyhow I, I just love it that they're able to keep this character of agent 33 around albeit with you know poor ming na wen showing up to the you know the, the makeup trailer probably you know 90 minutes earlier but it's a really cool makeup effect um and it, it, I mean, frankly, it just kind of helps keep the story moving along. The fact that she's got the the occasional robot voice is a fun little, you know, affectation of storytelling. Yes. Fantastic use of the character. Too bad for the actress who, you know, played Agent 33 originally, but say eh, right. lovey. Don't like the character. Love that we get to see uh, double the Ming-Na. So, uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, nice nod on Twitter, uh, might've been our pal, Mike Sorison, who said, uh, looks like, uh, visitor makeup from the V TV series. Hey, as recently as seen on ABC a couple, couple years ago, right? So hashtag it's all connected it, via the network. It is, um, 33 ABC on the TV reveals that Dr. Whitehall would like a word with uh, Raina, at which point she bolts out of the, um, you know, those, those Vancouver espresso chia water bars. And uh, one Koenig tells her, you want to make your next right. A second then demands a hug and uh, the cloaking umbrella ensconces them. Bye-bye Hydra. It, it was a nice, uh, you know, nice gadget moment. 
Also nice to see Pat Oswald back. Um, I kind of like too that when the umbrella, like when the umbrella came down, it was kind of blurry initially. And I get that that's what you have to do for like the invisibility thing, where if you just showed everything completely invisible, it would be visually uninteresting. So you'd be like, look, you know, but it was just nice how there was this progression of it comes down and it's blurry and it's less blurry. And then Hydra shows up and they don't see a blessed thing at all. Um, and then we kind of move into the, you know, in, into it and there's more special effects and all that really nicely done. I'm sure on the one hand, it's, you know, it's somewhat simple, like, you know, drop the green screen cloth over them now. But, it, you know, when it works, it works. And it was a ton of fun. Um, so that was Sam Koenig. We're later introduced to a Billy Koenig as well. And of course, uh, the lanyards come back up. So it's nice to see that uh, the Koenigs um, are keeping to protocol, though S.H.I.E.L.D. has been greatly diminished. Hey, you know what? If you don't have have those rules and those those touchstones, then how can you go on? You can't. You can't. Um, act two begins with the cloak bus. Um, the explanation, um, the the exposition, Matt, that you talked about, the Agent 33 nano mask, uh, yada, 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 kind of have to get that out of the way. You know, it was episode uh, three or four of the season. It was four. Four, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one we saw at Face Your Enemy, the one we saw at uh, New York Comic Con. Um, and, you know, you, you got to get that. Caval- I'm sorry, Cavalry. Coulson is, meanwhile, sending the Cavalry as his extraction team to um, get Reyna to safety and see what she's got. Um, Matt, we had some news on Grant Ward and and he was on the news. He made some news. Much speculation after the previous news report um, had reported that uh, his brother and his uh, father and his mother were found victims of a uh, murder suicide. And uh, it's it's being reported on the news that uh, might be a little bit more than that. On the one hand, I think it's an opportunity for, again, the word of the episode, some recap. But, Pete, what, what new information did you, uh, did you glean from this moment? Well, Matt, as you know, I was a member of your liberal media um, on a full-time basis for some time. And let's pretend that they always get it right. So, so are you committing? Which which version of the story are you committing to at this point, Pete? Well, we're gonna blow that wide open when we talk more about Ward showing up in this episode. How about that? I just hope I'm not caught in the crossfire. I hope you're not either. By the way, Pete, that scene then moves to uh, what I, uh, I I switched my notes from recap to what I call precap. Because Colson then tells us <laughs> Sky is going to go with Bobby Mack and Hunter, so the Colson can keep Sky away. You know, of course, that's not all said, at, you know, to Sky, but it's kind of like, hey, here's our teams for the teams for the night. Get ready for that. So we're now precapping what's going to happen. Isn't precapping technically what is done before you shoot somebody? 
<laughs> um, and then when you recap, you shoot them again. Right? Wasn't Agent Hand recapped? <laughs> she definitely was. She definitely, definitely was. She was recapped. Um, so we move on to um, Simmons and uh, uh, Bobby. Bird. Yeah, talking about what happened in the in the hashtag Fitzpod. I'm not sure how I felt about that scene. I definitely want um, authentic, emotionally driven character moments, and that was this. I definitely want characters of all you know types and genders and everything sharing their feelings. Um, to me, there was just something that was slightly color by numbers in this scene where it's like, hey, girlfriend, let's sit down and have a biscotti and you know and some some lemon tea and let's talk about the boys i could be totally wrong i am of course you know the the defender of of the female gender at, at new york comic-con two years ago so please don't think listeners i'm coming from like i'm complaining that these girls were talking about feelings and stuff just shoot people in the butt all the time i'm not coming from there uh, to me it was just a slightly like let's talk about our feelings type moment where I felt like there wasn't a huge story necessity to do so. Now are we going to pick up that thread later on and a little bit, you know, and attempt at a Fitzsimmons uh, reconciliation or understanding? Yes. So if that's what it serves, then that's an admirable and perfectly fine story purpose. I just felt like this scene as a scene in and of itself didn't quite fully work in terms of the pace of the episode. I took issue with I, I liked the cues thing that, you know, we've established Bobby Morse is this, you know, big time profiler and, you know, she's going to interrogate you and she's going to pick up on on stuff. But then you you write dialogue that uh, you write three little words and you write those three little words. And I'm like, I'm out of the scene. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, if the intention was to maybe um, humanize Mockingbird a little bit more, great, wonderful. She's not all about kicking butt. She's a well-rounded modern woman who, you know, can talk about her feelings the same as she can break your jaw. There was just something in that scene that didn't quite kind of get up and go. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with that. You know, fair is fair, but... um they the point there was to discuss the tension and really details we did not previously have about what happened to Fitz Matt he was so pale and it was a nine day coma you know she she understandably was worried it freaked her out beyond the admission uh the profession of his love and you know they pulled that scene out of the fire in that, you know, Mockingbird just urged Simmons to be honest. That's all you can be, Pete. That's all you can That's be. That's all you can be. Be yeah. honest. Speaking of honesty, she then says to uh, ex-husband Lance Hunter, don't die out there. To wit, he says, it's Canada. <laughs> it is nice to know that our neighbors to the north are just so darn friendly that why would any shield agents be you know be gunned down by hydra whilst in in the great uh the great nation of canada um 
Pete, we're, we're approaching something that we need to talk about. We're not quite there yet, but I just want to let you know I'm starting to get all nervous because I don't know how something is going to go as we discuss it. Sky hugging Coulson and the surprising amount of emotion she t- she showed tonight? Not that, but I mean, given that Coulson is de facto dad uh, to her, I mean, like, you know, the dad of the heart, not the dad of, you know, of of her of her birth. Um given that the, the the dream has reinforced that. Um, you know, this could be the big mission here. You never know. Can't hurt to give a hug. Mac, meanwhile, um, has uh, a cute scene with uh, Bobby Morse where he's like, oh, all right, so you and Hunter again. Yeah, and I, I mean, I like that he's looking out for his friend Hunter. I like that he's He's not exactly kind of, you know, like, oh, you hurt my friend. There's going to be trouble. It's it's not, you know, it's not it's not middle school here, for goodness sake. But, Pete, there's a line that frankly made me cringe. And it's when Mockingbird says to him, you're a big brother, but you're not my big brother. It made me cringe because it's just kind of weird. The, the tall African-American guy being told you're a big brother wordplay da 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 but you're not my big brother a la you know the eldest male sibling who watches out for the younger kids i'm not saying it was offensive i'm not saying it crossed the line to me it was just kind of like whoa we don't need to have wordplay on race in you know in, in injected into a, a, an episode of agents of shield thank you very much it didn't register to be honest matt you know i was so engrossed in the story uh, you have to bring it up here for it did, did make my notes yeah it's non-issue okay fair enough i think i think the best issue is a non-issue when it comes to uh when it comes to those things on this show everybody's everybody's the same everybody can can do their job to the best of their ability and that's what that's what matters most and pete what matters most for the podcast is that we keep moving love the uh the piggyback um Quinjet on the uh, the bus there. Uh, each, of course, cloaked. Um, Hunter gets with Sam Koenig, who reveals that the Koenigs or Koenigs rather have a uh, have a knock, uh, and it was not Sam's knock. It is, of course, Sky. Uh, Billy's involved. Sam is shorter. Um, and then Sky and Agent Thirty Three get into it over a gun. And um, when did Sky get the ability to fight a highly trained uh, agent to a draw? When did that happen? Here's my theory: A, she trained a lot over the summer. B, she's been training with the baddest mama in Shield. That is, of course, uh, Agent Melinda May. And uh, I don't know whether I've been going alphabetical or numerical, so I'll say third leaf. Um, <laughs> let's not forget that Agent 33 is, I think, maybe down a notch a little bit. She does have presumably this, this um, what, what's it called? The veil, the electronic veil. Static veil. This, she has this static veil, like, you know, grafted to her face. Um, I don't know if there's maybe some sort of you know low level fever that she's walking around with as her body tries to get rid of this weird thing and doesn't know how to fight it. So, you know, I think Agent Thirty Three entering the ring, you know, not at not at top fighting speed, 
Sky not knowing what she can't do. And I think that's how you fight to a draw. Act three begins with Hunter, of course, bailing out uh, the newly combative Sky. And I thought the Koenigs were creepy. And I thought they smelled bad. (laughs) (laughs) On the outside. Hey. It's all connect- it's all corporately connected. It is all corporately connected. Um, the Force Awakens. Meanwhile, the Force is awakening in San Juan, and Coulson has found a hat stand. Uh, could, could you call it a haberdashery, Pete, or would that be too kind of optimistic? There's got to be a Latin name for a haberdasheria. Uh... Haberdashery. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna find that out and get back to you. By the way, it, joking aside though, it was great to see Clark Gregg and uh, Adrian Palicki genuinely in Puerto Rico. Just looked, yes, yeah. You know, I mean, whenever you go on location on this show, it's it, it's it comes with an authenticity that you, I don't know, that you just can't fake in Hollywood. I mean, I think back all the way to one of the earliest episodes of the season. Was it maybe one hundred four where they're in? Stuttgart or something like that and they're on the subway like it yes. just it, you know the the differences of the places in the world really do sell on tv so I'm glad they that they shipped the two of them out to Puerto Rico not shipped in the cool guy way to put it of course although I'm sure there's some fanfic out there but um Pete we go from that kind of high there to the Fitzsimmons confrontation and sadness ensues yeah, the the awkward silence thing, and and Mac has to be the the voice of the viewer to do that, and ultimately it culminates in Fitz uh, telling Simmons he's going to be leaving the lab, that he can work for you, not with you. It was Agents of Shield's version of "It's not me, it's you." Indeed, and then we uh, we then return to Puerto Rico, where Colson and Mockingbird have just left the Merceria on their way to uh, the tunnel at uh, at what I believe Pete was El Muro, if I am not mistaken. The conversation in the previous scene when they were when he Colson was trying on hats, um, you know, is something I just need to reference. Uh, he was really kind of taking things light. Um, Bobby, of course, had nothing but the mission on her mind, and she said that he didn't seem phased. And he said he's not Fury. He is, however, worried about the three million people on the island and that there is no acceptable loss limit or threshold there. At that particular moment when they're at the... the, uh... Merceria. It, it was to me it was a slightly weak part of the writing where it's like and i'm kind of gonna play it up here a little bit but it's like mockingbird look at that man selling bananas he's just doing that for his family look at that rug seller over there he just wants to give a place for people to rest their boots why look there's jim and jane they're vacationing here it's their one vacation a year these are the people that we must save and it's just like all right easy guy we got it you want to save the 
the the the gentry and the citizens out there you know i it was just kind of like you know it was, it was just a teensy bit too much for me we uh we get to the bus and uh actually i don't believe it was on the bus just yet but reina and sky and uh, she explains that she can hold Raina Ken, the diviner, and that the symbols appear when she touches it. Sky, of course, uh, needs to um, make a snark because that's how she deals with things. She references Harry Potter. Um, and Raina, of course, getting it back to the matter at hand, explains that it reads your DNA um, and that she will realize that when she gets to touch it. And she talks about destiny. She does. And something that I found slightly confusing in this scene uh, was, uh, you know, in, in a moment, and I believe you've, you've covered this particular part of the scene kind of to its completion, we see Raina suddenly running towards the bosom of Hydra, but she was running away from Hydra at the beginning. So is she a double agent? Is she an opportunist? I just kind of wasn't quite clear what Reina's agenda was with all of this. Does that make sense or have I missed something? No, and I think her, um, hey, Sky, do not forget your tablet with the map of the city dialogue at the end of the episode was particularly odd. So was that TV code for the thing and the stuff and the wink, wink, nod, nod? We shall see. Indeed, we will. Of course, Pete, as Reyna runs to the bosom of Hydra, uh, she didn't quite make it there because uh, something knockers over those guys. And what was it? I'm not remembering. It is May driving a van. You know, oh, it's like, yes. hey, Hydra guys. Ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> and then, you know, suddenly Rain is in the van with, uh, let's see, Hunter and May and, uh, and our pal Sky. Yeah. Agent 33 reveals to uh, Whitehall that they got us. And he says he's sending, he's got his best man on it right away. Fade to black. Boom. Yeah. With that, we're back in the uh, the the shaft in the devil's the- sanctuary. Ah, indeed. And this is roughly the two third mark of the episode. Um, which, of course, Pete, what happens at that point as they send the uh, the dwarves going all the way back to one o two, I believe, maybe even one o one. Um, what happens to those dwarves? Well, it had been a while since we had uh, we had seen them. You know, sleepy, happy, dopey, all all those uh, all those dwarf d- drones there, and um, yeah, they vanish, don't they? Yeah, they vanish, which I just thought was a nice kind of you know upping of the ante and upping of the tension at the uh, at the two third mark, and from that height, then Pete. It's time just to talk again. Two gals, two smart gals, professional, modern women. It's it's Raina and Sky. What do they talk about, Pete? They're very well, Raina's got her very own shield ID now, and, and that was a, a big moment for her, but then they get to the daddy issues. And Pete, what what kind of daddy issues do they explore there? I mean, Raina doesn't have 
has many daddy issues as uh, as Sky. So so take us through that. Well, uh, she explains that uh, Sky's f- uh, father, the doctor, actually delivered. Doctor, Doctor Hayes. Listen, you know, I, I'm I'm not a truther, but um, Matt, I demand at this point on behalf of all people who don't understand that show, I want to see the medical degree. So I am uh, informing you on air here. We're, we're live to tape. Um, I'm going to be filing a Freedom of Information Act tomorrow uh, to see the medical degree because I do not believe he has an actual medical degree. Maybe he has a doctorate in education from uh, the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. But um, most importantly, though, is there really is some some genuine reflection on uh, on this character as uh, as to kind of his paternal his paternal nature. Uh, I thought I was I found it touching that it's revealed that he had uh, he had delivered Sky. Um, Sky's kind of quick reaction to, you know, oh, and he killed a bunch of people. While we all know that's true, we, the audience, and those two characters, you know, it's in a different light, you know, on account of uh, us having seen him, you know, holding the, 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 you know, just ruined body of Sky's mother. Um, he's, he's in a different light. He's a multifaceted character, even though he's not in this episode. And I appreciated that. You know, you're getting platitudes like uh, sweet and misunderstood thrown about. Reina explains that they met in uh, Thailand, that she was a freak taken in by him, and that he told her and others like her that you have value. We're dancing again around the the special powers thing, the miracles, etc., etc., you know, I, I think it's going to be by Age of Ultron, we're going to know what to call these specials, the mm, not the M word and stuff like that, that we're not allowed to say. Um, but when it comes down to it, the crux of that conversation is that despite um, Reyna being salvaged by McLaughlin's character, um sky is all that he wants from a from a a story construction or an episode construction point of view i really appreciated that they intercut uh this scene with reina and sky along with the stuff going on in the tunnel and the mystery and, and all that i don't know if perhaps it was in uh response to the slower pace of the uh the mockingbird simmons scene earlier uh but i just felt that while what Raina and Sky were discussing was important, character-based, authentic, etc., the fact that you had that intercut with, you know, oh man, the screen and the thing is down there, and let's get the ropey thing, and Max all in the harness, and we'll do this, and we'll lower, and glow sticks, and all of that sort of thing, just really aided the, you know, the action end in Puerto Rico, complimented nicely the discussion going on between uh reina and sky that was a bit slower by uh out of necessity well nothing moves things forward like a 100 foot drop um and of course poor mac has got to be the guy here he's not afraid of heights he is however afraid of the dark 
and he's rappelling into uh, the unknown here. Um, cross cut with the uh, the Reina Sky stuff. Uh, Reina makes the statement, "We're human, Sky. We have potential to be more." Her grandmother told her about the Blue Angels, which are name checked for the first time in this side of the universe as the Cree. Pete, in level seven, we can discuss, unless you think it's good now, the whole, you know, inhuman Cree, the rumors out there and whatnot, because I think you're you're much more uh, you're much more in touch with you know these rumors as they've as they've spilled out so should we save it for level seven absolutely all right um the the worthiness is an aspect that has come up before with the diviner that those who are worthy can touch it can wield it um and then reina explains of course that those that that aren't worthy she hopes they have said their goodbyes at the same time that mac has been lowered sky of course then uh you know worry she has to stop this that the diviner was meant to be a guide for the people who belong in the city of course there is no signal conveniently okay and whitehall uh has hydra quinjets the first time we've seen that they have this um comparative level of technology he wants reina he's sending over his representative that you can go back and look the previous act break i said uh you know his man that he's sending is of course um fallen agent grant ward destiny calls matt hashtag spoiler pete i like that they worked in the line uh, destiny calls too by the way um Looking back, indeed. Looking back, looking back at lost.podbean.com. Um, I, it's a handy place to have the act break. You know, Mac reaching well, down. Well, once he gets the act breaks when he's he's down there, he hits the the button. Okay, turns into the blue light, and then Matt pain. Indeed, there's just all sorts of screaming, and I think it was particularly effective uh, and nice. Uh, Star Trek reference there. I think it was particularly effective since actor Henry Simmons is indeed, you know, so tall of stature and, you know, wide of muscle to see him really doubled over by pain uh, made that all the more shocking in act break. They bring him back up to begin the fifth act and he has a red eye. Uh, he's uh, trying to stifle this and he tells Colson to run before he throws him halfway across the room. Um, that is cut into by the, um, the drama aboard the bus where of course, Grant Ward comes down the spiral staircase and reveals that Raina was tracked by the locator inside her, which is cold war, uh, technology. He admits he's a little bit of a history buff. It, it was a wonderful, um, I don't know, kind of flourish for him to just be like, delicious. Oh, yeah. Matt is the word you're looking for. Is it okay? Um, it's not often that I describe Grant Ward as delicious, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll go with that, I suppose. Well, the performance, Matt. Ah, indeed. Um, it. 
I think it was an earned scene. It wasn't, as you said, I don't think it was particularly shocking to anyone that, uh, you know, there he comes down the stairs having not been in the episode, um, but kind of, you know, being a character that's in play. Uh, but it was fun nonetheless. I mean, you know, fun in a, in a dark sense. I was kind of surprised that no one put up more of a fight for, for Sky to stay on the bus. Well, May did. She said, you know, the hell she's going with you. Uh, Sky presses Ward, pick a side. You know, you've been here, you've been there. And he says, oh, yeah, I have. I, I understand, too. I mean, it pre- if it wasn't the biggest showdown, uh, you know, in television history, it's because the episode was, you know, was coming to a close fairly soon. They're, they're setting up next week. They're knowing that it's going to be the, the fall finale next week. Um, a phrase, by the way, that's more ubiquitous this year than I've ever heard before. You know, maybe maybe networks are starting to figure figure out some of this stuff. But I digress. Um, as you mentioned, Pete, it's not just Reina who's leaving. And again, here we are with the great, you know, Reina flip flops like a pair of sandals on Fourth of July. Um, but not only is it Reina leaving, but also Sky, and then Sky's told by Reina, make sure you bring your touchscreen device. With maps and such. And um, and the find my iPad that we're gonna track you with. Indeed. I mean it's it's either going to be like the Lord of the Rings gift giving scene where it's like she needed to have a map, so she brought a map because otherwise we don't know what to do because she needs a map. Uh or I don't understand be... that reference. That's a you know you're gonna have to explain that. Young George Lucas, while in college, he read a book, and then he said, what if it was robots and bathrobe people? Um, and and things continued from there. So I understand how you might be a bit confused. Anyway, um, speaking of intercuts, this is a scene where we're back and forth between the Puerto Rico tomb and the bus. Um, again, all to the benefit of, uh, of the tension, which ends with, dare we, dare we ponder it, Pete? Mac falling down the hole, that's the that's the solution to the conflict. Um, you know, Simmons doesn't fall, Fitz doesn't have to pull the trigger, but I guess we'll be discussing Mac's fate. I certainly have fingers crossed, but I don't know how how, you know, a non-possessed person could could you know could survive such a fall, but oh sadness. Yeah, it was uh sad to see if that is the end for um Henry Simmons, um, but that Coulson then moves to seal the tunnel. What about Mac? That wasn't Mac. Yeah, I mean, it could be the first three minutes, one minute of next week's episode where it's sealed and they go, oh, Mac, I can't believe he's gone. I'm so sad. And that's the end. Or it could be, no, wait, don't seal it yet because... Or, you know, I mean, there's tons of options here, which, of course, is the point. That's why you're ending the episode proper at that point, because it's maximum tension and maximum possibilities. All you have to do is tune in next week. Well, hey, Matt, as long as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Facebook um, doesn't send out a message of another character carrying his lifeless body two hours before the West coast premiere and the rest of the world has seen it. I think that would be a win. Um, hashtag Beth is dead. <laughs> yeah, there was, well, there was that plus 
not to turn this into the Walking Dead podcast. Uh, but luckily, Agents of Shield also doesn't have a uh, no, a hanger on who has to say me, me, me. Look, look at me. I'm going to spoil things for people before the East Coast even sees it. But we digress. The, the term Matt is Dingleberry. <laughs> Uh, Pete, there was one more scene to this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the secret scene. Our tag scene uh, features Agent 33 getting into the call. This is the second, the call, the the car. This is the second such scene we've had where somebody has gotten into a car with Whitehall. Um, Certainly stylistic, and there's a, you know, to bounce off of the Walking Dead thing, there's a coda to this. Um, she reveals that Ward has Reina. However, there's been a complication. Sky was taken as an insurance policy. Ward let the plane go. And Matt Whitehall is incensed. That was not Ward's decision to make. Bravo 4, you have a go. Shoot them down. I think not only does it... Does it uh chef whitehall in terms of his own authority but something tells me that he's retained that uh you know sense of the german precision and uh he had a plan and the plan was not stuck to so all the more reason why he's calling for uh the bus to be shot down next week Detailed look at our bad guys. Agent 33 returns after a respite, no doubt, uh, you know, having the yucky thing on her face uh, dealt with by Hydra Medical. Not a whole lot to say about her. You know, sometimes stories need the general and stories need the lieutenant on the field who's carrying through the orders. And that's what that's what she's doing, uh, doing you know, doing well in a uh, in a perfectly fine way, but Pete, there's somebody else on the dossier, and that's your friend, your pal, Doctor Whitehall. Not a ton of screen time by the Hydra West head baddie, but just enough to get at the uh, the menace here, and that. Um, He's got things in motion that uh, he seems to have it all covered. We know he wants Raina back. And um, we find out at the end of the episode, obviously, he's prepared to take this plane out. This group of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, more than a fly that irritates him now. And uh, he needs the swatter. Though... He doesn't do a whole lot in this episode. I think we all understand the function of this episode, which is to move that story football forward and to set us up for next week's episode, which uh, I would venture a spoiler-free guess uh, will feature Whitehall and, in fact, everybody who's been uh, who's been in these various episodes. Uh, it'll feature all of them. But that, Pete, now we move on to your your your, your bosom buddy, your compatriot in arms. Granton Terwilliger Ward. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world well, Matt, was it was an important week for Grant Ward, framed by the media, your leftist instrument of 
uh, ruining people's lives. And what did he do, Matt? Though they're representing Hydra, he made an executive decision. He was supposed to take out our bus, our agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and what did he do? Well, he did not. He he appears, appears to have some good in his heart still. There is good in him, Matt. I have felt it. Um, and uh, he, he, he goes rogue on that decision here. So, you know, we've been talking. I've been talking the redemption all season. This is yet another step in that direction. I know some want to say, all right, the writer uh, was quoted last week as saying, yeah, we did that. He killed his family. Because, Matt, no writer has ever lied to the media before. Con. Pete, I, I want to tread lightly here because in this in this battle, which on Twitter is is frothing to epic proportions, there stands you, there stands uh, our our agent number one, and I just don't want to be the Victoria Hand who gets gets mowed down in the crossfire, bang bang. Um, just don't paint your hair red. Hey, you know what? Or Sometimes... I'll paint your head red. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Those highlights might be fetching. Um, bottom line is this. The show has a problem. The problem is, what do you do with this guy who's not part of the team anymore? Who, apparently, they don't want to, you know, fire Brett Dalton, which I understand. He seems like a, a nice guy. Um, a fellow Ivy Leaguer like you, Pete. Mm-hmm. Um I have to admit, he is one step closer to that long walk of redemption. He's one step closer today. Uh, Now, fine, he's taken Sky, he's got Intel, and so on and so forth. But the fact that he's pulling at the leash of of Whitehall, the fact that he was shown in episode 208 uh, to kind of have his own plan yet again, he is not Team Hydra, he is not Team S.H.I.E.L.D., he is Team himself. Uh, and his motivations, uh, you know, he may he may be prepping for a larger plan, uh, and and certainly a rogue plan, a solo plan. But he now does have a buddy with him. I I must admit, in in Sky, and uh, I guess we'll see what happens. The writing was on the wall when Chloe Bennett um, said two weeks ago, and and this is how they do it, Matt, and particularly those who aren't really good at uh, disclosing the information, like admitting that this was a Cree back in uh, March of last year. Um, and then Is winding... this going to be spoilery, Pete? Oh, uh, no. Okay. No. okay. Um, I'm, just, just I'm, I'm just checking. The, the Matt army wants to make sure that we're, yeah. you know, we keep our, our purity, our story purity. When, when Chloe Bennett, despite the perceived badness of Brett Dalton's character, says, you know, I still ship... You know the the sky word. They're 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 trying to soften the audience, Matt. This is going to happen. They're going to be together. Certainly, the pace at which the show will leave the past behind, a la tonight. 
Trip will die. He has been <laughs> shot and is bleeding to death. Nothing will save him. And then in the next episode, he's like, oh, geez, I'm still a little sore. I don't think I can high five anybody for like today. The show leaves its past behind. When it's resolved something, it picks up and it moves on. I think, look, we, we have to keep an eye to, you know, towards, towards your theories, Pete, let alone, you know, the, uh, the scripts that you receive anonymously in manila packages sent to your home uh, with, all your, uh, with all your little secrets there. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, one of the things I found the most uh, potent with possibility was that uh, Bobby Morse mentioned that Hydra has been working on an extinction level event. That certainly caught my ear. I personally took it in the context of doing something with this diviner, you know, like just to make it super basic here, you know, put the diviner inside a gun and then shoot it. So the diviner, you know, uh, stonification can be, you know, spread across a whole swath of people. Um, you perhaps, though, mean to be suggesting maybe Hydra has bigger plans, maybe Hydra has plans for this late spring to have some sort of offensive. Perhaps Hydra East in Europe will do something and uh, some people will have to try and stop them. Is that kind of what you're suggesting, Pete? Well, I mean, if we look at the outcome of the episode, at least as far as preparing to seal this off so that nobody can get there, it can't be we're going to figure out what the Crefidi is, that it's the blueprints to this city. We, we, we find it, we go to it, and then we don't actually go into it. I, I can't believe that to be the case. Um, so, you know, Coulson talks about Hydra loving their weapons of mass destruction, et cetera, et cetera. And all, you know, super bad organizations do. I don't think we're done with it. So it's kind of like checkoffs under the sea Caribbean city built by aliens rule. Death star. Yes. <laughs> um, um, okay. Now- how many Koenigs, Matt? The joke was 13. How many Koenigs are there? I think the implication was less than 13, but I think the story reality is as many as the show needs. I mean, if this show goes on 15 years and you have to kill Koenigs from time to time. You know, Pete, it's like the, it's like the runabouts on Deep Space Nine. They had one <laughs> model. And whenever they needed one to crash, because people couldn't say Yang Zikian, they would just crash the one and be like, oh, man, we have to get a new uh, runabout from Starfleet. And the next episode, it's the same model, and it's flying around there. And they're like, oh, it's now it's the, 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 the Mississippi. That, that, you know, they, ha- they have as many canings as they need. This is a character type and yeah find their individual guys look they're the same guy that's the gag i mean i know they're i know we know they're the same actor but the gag is that the twins are are, are or the, the these multiples are you know uh just complete copies of each other whether they are multiples by birth or you know clone machine or whatever uh begun the clone war has um they have as many as they need it was cute to wonder how many but honestly 
I'm not going to get tied into um, canon, which is implied. You know, the demands of the story will be met. So how many Koenigs are there? I'm hmm. sorry, Matt. The, the correct answer was 11. And on the Deep Space Nine runabout thing, I really hope we get a Koenig named Durango. <laughs> well, okay. Inhumans, Krees, etc., etc. What do you take it, Matt? Are we to bite when Reyna says we're human, not inhuman? I added that last part. Um, well, I guess I'll flip it around to a question to you, Pete. I thought, based on the buzz which I was avoiding, that we were headed towards not the Cree, but rather the blue guy in the Tahiti tube was an inhuman. Now it's name-checked as a Cree. Am I missing something here? Did I, in my trying to avoid spoilers, was I twisted around the wrong way? The Cree are erstwhile connected with the inhumans. I see. Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, but... I think we're we're so far out from the Inhuman movie that we've got to tread lightly in terms of deepening that connection. That 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 can't be that can't be now, and we're going to sustain that for three years. Right. I see here quickly on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, following the events of the secret invasion, the Inhumans appeared on one side of the War of Kings storyline with Black Bolt being made King of the Cree. So there you go. I mean, I, I will admit, and we always, you know, we always are upfront with the listeners. We're, we're not, you know, deeply entrenched Marvel Comics guys. Um, I don't know some of the things that I just said. However, um, there's that connection where they are not Cree, but there's a connection to the Cree. So right once again, Pete. It's a burden in my life. <laughs> Matt, we love to open up our mailbag and one surefire way to uh, make us do that is to write us a review on iTunes. We have one. It was left November 11th, but iTunes is... It's a strange and and uh, mystical thing. It didn't show up until much more recently. Um, and it was left for us by Turl Cronenberg. The headline is for the more mature audience exclamation point four out of five stars. And it reads, and by mature, I mean the chronologically older and wiser sort. Oh. I was concerned I this was like fantastic geek <laughs> after dark. We're not working. Listen, Matt, we only podcast about blue people. We don't work blue. <laughs> Picking up. Uh, I tried many other shield podcasts and found the fantastic geeks guys to be the best of the bunch for the discerning fan. They have a great love for the show and a healthy respect for their listeners. They know 
what they are talking about and offer well thought out and idea ideas and comments. Thanks a lot, Matt and Pete, for a great addition to the Shield Universe. Wow, such kind words. Thank you for thank you for sending them in. Um, not that we are in competition with the other podcasts, but being you know the other Shield podcasts because you can listen to multiple ones certainly. But I know that feeling of hey, I'm into a show and. I want to find the right podcast for me. And you're kind of listening going, "Ah, no, I don't like that one. No, I don't like that one. Ooh, this one really, really tickles my fancy. So I appreciate the, um, I appreciate the, uh, you know, that we were the last stop on that, uh, on that person's search. Glad that, uh, glad that he or she found the, uh, the one official unofficial podcast of the Marvel cinematic community. I'll mention, Pete, by the way, we have continued to get uh, some emails about the show and uh, probably in that uh, December uh, 16th um, Agent Carter podcast, we'll also open up the mailbag at that time. So please do keep sending those in. Uh, we look forward to uh, reading them in depth and uh, having some jolly old discussions as the uh, as the month goes on with that. However, Pete, I think for today... Our podcast is starting to come to a close. However, you, as the as the the the, the, the white hall of at least your end of the podcast, people want to interact with you. How can they do so? You can find me on the Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K E T L A R K E T E L A A R four thousand six hundred forty six. That's right, four six. Four six. Wow. Followers can't be wrong. Make a wish, Matt. <laughs> While I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can get in touch with the podcast. We are Fantastic Geek. That is fantastic with a PH. It's that uh, very name on Twitter, on the Gmail, and on the dot com. With that, Pete, I will say almost on my way out that when you are in San Juan, be sure to check out Raisa's and get the Mofongo. It's quite a lovely restaurant. And with that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final word. You're going to need a lanyard. Yeah.